But for me, when I became a mother, you know, the whole rhythm and routine of my life changed. And so, you know, getting up and doing a meditation wasn't as accessible, um, or at least I didn't force it because it didn't. Right. So that's where I had to really call upon my mindfulness practice and those attributes of being flexible, accepting where I was at right now um, and letting go of what I thought it needed to look like. Hi guys, I'm your host, Megan Van Diefender, and this is the Empowerhood Podcast. I am so happy to have you here. You know, motherhood is hard, and we are going to talk about all of the hard things that just are not talked about enough. So buckle up and enjoy this episode. So hi, Leah. How are you? Hi, Megan. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm so honored to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me on. Yeah, absolutely. So everyone listening in today, we have Leah Ferrone here, and she is going to tell us all about her motherhood journey and what has brought her to today and her business called Brave Lion, where she teaches children and moms to find mindfulness and stillness within their day. Um, so Leah, I am so excited about this topic today. I just like, I have so many questions. You're probably gonna have to be like, Megan, stop talking, please. No, I so love I can it. speak. Cause I just have so many questions on stillness and mindfulness, but I'll let you start it off. Tell us a little bit about you. Who is Leah? Okay, cool. Thanks. Um, my name is Leah Ferrone, and I do feel it's important to mention that I am coming straight off of celebrating my 46th birthday, oh my God. like within the last day. And Happy I, I birthday. Thank you. I mentioned that mostly though, because, um, you know, I am an older mom of a young family. So um, that's a huge part of my journey too. I, um, I was raised in a big Italian family. I'm the oldest of five kids. And, um, you know, I feel really grateful that, you know, as we talk about parenting and being mindful, I was raised in a home with two parents that really embodied the attributes of mindfulness for us kids at a really, really young age. So we grew up um, with that culture, if you will. So that's, a, you know, it's a, something I'm so grateful for. Um, I'm celebrating my 11th wedding anniversary soon. My husband and I have been married for 11 years. We have two children. Our son, Roman, is seven and our daughter, Faye, is three. And I'm the founder of Brave Lion. So I am a mindfulness mm -hmm. practitioner and also a practicer, if you will. <laughs> yeah. That's all amazing. Um, so yeah, tell us about Brave Lion and... Um, all about your business and the practice that you have. I'd love to. So, um, you know, this this really brave line and the birth of the business really stems from the different milestones in my motherhood journey too, which is so cool and appropriate. Um, but I started practicing mindfulness when I was 18 years old. So, you know, almost like 28 years or whatever the math is there. And um, so they've been tools that have, and practices that have guided me and supported me through majority of my life. Mm -hmm. And um, it was when I became a mother though, that I realized like, oh, I don't think everybody has access or has these tools. And if motherhood isn't the role and time in your life where you could use them the yes. most when, yeah, w what is. So, um, so that was really the like launch of me the beginning of brave line in my mind yeah, and, and when, when Roman was born and when I really started to dig down into some more formal trainings and certifications so that I could be prepared, um, when the right time came to actually launch the business. But, um, and that happened with my daughter Faye's birth. So okay. when Faye was born, um, I had all the, I had all of the training, I had everything, but I still wasn't completely sure how to package it or put it okay. out into the world. And when Faye was born, um, we had a pretty traumatic start with her and it was this like lightning rod moment where I felt like now is the, like you, there's, you have to do it now. She was like my launching pad, like to take very defined action in, in, in starting this business and sharing the tools. So I'm grateful for both my children on that journey. But, um, so Rave Lion, um, I teach mindfulness tools and practices with a neuroscience background basis to children and adults, actually really anybody who will listen, but I do focus on uh, children. Uh, right now, I mostly work with um, the preschool and early elementary age. And 
it's just so fun to teach kids about their brain and what's happening when they're feeling all the things and that there's actually science behind that and that they mm-hmm. um, can they have they can have tools their own personalized tools to help them understand and help them make the best possible choices yeah uh, they love kids love they love they love it they love learning about I love their- it <laughs> it's so it's so fun and even as an adult I think you know I don't think it was until much later in life that I realized like what's going on up there when you're, you know, mm-hmm. um, dysregulator, you're, you know, learning more about mm-hmm. your nervous system and, yeah. and how important it is to nurture that. Um, and when I start out with kids, I just, I, I love kids. I love working with kids. And I thought that was really going to be the sole focus. But then I realized very quickly, like if you're teaching kids, but then they're going home and, and they're maybe not getting the same support and utilizing mm-hmm. those tools, the conversation isn't, um, you know, not in the same realm of, of, um, those tools, like they might not be as impactful and how Mm -hmm. much more powerful would it be for the parents to also be doing the work alongside? Absolutely. I mean, cause I always say this, but like kids are always watching us, right? So it's like, if we're not doing the things that we're telling them to do, why would they do them? Absolutely. Ultimately. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm actually blown away at how, much like we we're unaware that they notice like yeah our energy from our you know our words our actions everything I mean they're just sponges they're taking it all in yeah yeah it's really hard and I actually have a lot of questions about that because I'm curious how you practice mindfulness at home um what so within motherhood so you said when Roman was born this really like changed things for you right so like what were your thoughts? Like, how did it change? How did your practice change when you became a mom? I guess. Yeah, that's a great question. Well, so it's always changing. I'll just say that part, which I think is the beauty in it is that, you know, um, when I was 18 and just starting my mindfulness formal practice, like, as I mentioned, I grew up in a, in a home where, um, we weren't necessarily meditating, although my mother did. Um, but you know, my parents were getting us, you know, in tune with, our thoughts and our feelings Mm -hmm. and, and really helping to reframe things when our little minds couldn't quite, um, wrap our heads around them. And, and and so, but it was when I was 18, I, um, I got, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease and I had to take time off of college and I was home and I was, um, lonely. I mean, everyone else is in school and I'm Mm -hmm. homesick trying to figure out this new diagnosis and illness. And so that's when I started to, um, really, formalize a practice for myself. Mm-hmm. And back then it was going to, you know, a meditation school and meditating with other people. Okay. And having, yeah. Practices that I would do all week long. I mean, I was really only answering to myself. Okay. Yeah. And so then you went to meditation school. Yeah. I would, I, as a, as a, a student. What? They have meditation yeah. schools. Yeah. They're all over. I mean, you, there's so many, what's really cool is that we live in a time now where you have like your pick of the litter in finding um, a, a mindfulness philosophy or a teacher or a community that speaks to you or resonates with you. I mean, there's yeah. so, which is really incredible. Um, whether you know some some are faith based, some are not. I mean, you really you you really can right. find you can find um, you can and it's all for the mo- for the most part. I mean, I feel like we've got accessibility now in this virtual world too that you can tap into a lot of resources. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I just think that's incredible that at the age of 18 that you thought it was a good idea to meditate. I, But I think that comes from your background, though, too, because I was just doing another interview right before you. And we said it's like when you aren't comfortable with your emotions, when you're not brought up to be comfortable with your emotions, it's so hard to express your emotions when you're older and, you know, admit when you're having a hard time or when you feel weak or less than it's so hard for that. If you're not brought up around that mentality. Um, so like just seeing you, like you're in a hard place when you're 18 years old, you just got diagnosed with Crohn's disease and you decide that you want to practice meditation. I just think that is like, Oh my God. I mean, I love you more and more each time I talk to you, but it's like, (laughs) you're amazing. This is the part about it that I'm so passionate about is because it was because of my parents and it, it's, it's like, it's all about like every generation knowing better and doing better. And, mm-hmm. and 
both of my parents, you know, they were hippies too. Let's keep, let's, let's make sure that that's known. But, um, but my mom, you know, out of her siblings was kind of the, like, the one who was like questioning things and, and, you know, in, in college, she wanted to take a theology class. Like she was always very curious, had this very like curious mind and wanted to know. So, um, you know, then she got my grandmother to be a little bit more open-minded and the questions that she asked and things that she, mm-hmm. um, pursued in her, like, you know, her, um, mindfulness and spiritual work. And then they, if it wasn't for my parents, I don't think an 18 year old, the 18 years old, diagnosed the Crohn's, you know, leaving college, I would have thought, oh, let me go to meditation school. But it was the support of my parents and the modeling that they had done that made that an option for me. Right. Um, And Well, I think that goes to show too, like why this is so important. Absolutely. Right. Right. Because this is the way you can deal with these like really hard challenges too that come up in life, um, which probably brought you to opening your business, right? And I keep interrupting you. (laughs) Go ahead. And that's the piece when you ask about how you know, my practice has changed as a mother. It's, you know, it's always changing. So that, you know, that season when I was young and in college and using those tools was during a really hard time. But, um, you know, then there's also these really great, wonderful moments in my twenties and my thirties where the practice was, is like your stable companion. It doesn't have Mm -hmm. to be something that you, you need to seek out when things are really hard or you're dysregulated. It's, 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 it's like, it's, it lives and breathes with you and it changes Mm -hmm. with the needs that you have in life. So when, um, when I became a mother, I mean, gosh, it like cracks you wide open, right? Like yeah. I mean, it has the potential to, I'm sure some people might not embrace that, but for me, it certainly did. And one of the things I love about mindfulness and, and one way that you can teach it and what I am so passionate about teaching is that of course there are formal ways to practice mindfulness, whether it's having a meditation practice but um, it's really about, for me at least, it's about cultivating like the attributes and attitudes of mindfulness. Okay. So when, which, which um, I don't know if you know who John Kabat-Zinn is, but he's kind of like mm-hmm. the guru of mindfulness. And he's, okay. yeah, he really has brought it into like mainstream um, Western culture. Okay. Um, and so he, when he teaches, he talks about the attributes of mindfulness as being acceptance and letting go mm-hmm. and trust, um, curiosity mm-hmm. and non-striving, non-judgment. Like, so these are big things in one in and of themselves is like, right. A lot back, right. right. But for me, when I became a mother, you know, the whole rhythm and routine of my life changed. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, getting up and doing a meditation wasn't as accessible, right. um, or at least I didn't force it because yeah. it didn't, Right. So that's where I had to really call upon my mindfulness practice and those attributes of being flexible, mm-hmm. accepting where I was at right now um, and letting go of what I thought it needed to look like. Okay. Okay. So as a, as a mom, so when um, Roman will be eight in a couple of months over the last eight years, my practice has been mostly like, like in the moment, every single second, how can you cultivate these attitudes and then, and really be rooted and in tune with what's going on inside and around you, like kind of on on this like constant state of like investigation, like, oh, wow, I'm responding, like knowing yourself, self-aware and then giving yourself what you need in those moments. And sometimes it's not possible to excuse yourself when you're from your children or, but how can you like, it's almost like stop, drop and like breathe, like stop, pause in the moment when you're feeling, these are in the states where you're heightened perhaps, right? Like stop and pause and notice, okay, something's brewing (laughs) or my mind is racing and then drop, like how do you drop in and notice the sensations in your body, the thoughts that you're having, what what kind of thoughts am I having and what emotional charge are they carrying? And then like, what can I do right in this moment? Like, could I breathe? Like what's the thing that would... Mm -hmm the most powerful thing? How can I shine the most light on this situation to help myself and everyone around me? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's insane as a parent. Uh, I mean, all of those things. I feel like as soon as you have a baby, everything triggers you, you know, like everything from your past, all of your past baggage, stuff that you didn't even know is inside of you. You're like triggered by everything. Um, I mean, I've only, I've had a mindfulness practice for about four years and I, I mean, I, like you said, it's a practice, right? So like, it's a constant, um, growth each day to kind of, 
you know, try to be aware of those moments where you're like, all right, I'm starting to get frustrated. Like, am I going to blow up? Am I going to lose my mind? Can I catch myself before? Should I breathe? Should I take a break and leave the room? You know, again, it has to be in a situation where maybe your child is old enough for you to be able to do that. But, um, you know, catching yourself beforehand. And then, of course, there's those times where you don't catch yourself beforehand and maybe you say something or maybe you should be listening instead of talking or, you know, just like little stuff like that. And, um, I think it's a day-to-day moment-to-moment thing, like you said, but it is so hard to be in those moments. Like, I think that's the practice within itself is like, Absolutely. all right, how am I present in these moments, you know, at all times at, to become aware of my mind and what's happening there in my body? Absolutely. Yeah. But you know, Megan, I feel like you said a couple of things that I, I always want to touch upon. One is like when you become a parent, it is like this opens this floodgate of vulnerability and um, you start like these things start rushing in that you never knew were there, mm-hmm. whether they were expectations of what you thought or think you want to be as a parent, whether it's things that you want to hold back from your child so that you don't want to enter mm-hmm. your family of creation. Um, you know, it's like, and, and it can be, it can be really um, overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the most important things that we can do is, is also parent ourselves. Like, you know, it, mm-hmm. it, it in the most gentle and loving way. Like when we notice that we're being critical of ourselves, like, oh my God, I blew up in front of my kid or like, I didn't have the patience that I, you know, hoped I would have, or was not as mindful. Like just, just like be loving with yourself instead of beating yourself up and modeling that for your kids. I think it's so important that they see that we're human and that we're um, navigating all the same stuff. We have more years and experience, but um, I mean, I don't know someone has to be driving the plane, right? Like we can't like totally lose it well, all the time. But um, you are right. I mean, I think a lot of times we go into parenthood thinking that we like have to know it all, all the time or no. be perfect and, you know, not make any mistakes. And it's like, we don't want our kids to grow up thinking that they're supposed to be that way. I don't like that saying where it's like, well, I'm the mom. So I told you so I'm like, nope, I'm learning. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm learning too. You know, I'm not like, yes, I'm your mom and I'm your, your leader and whatnot. But at the same time, it's like, I'm going to make mistakes and I'm going to have to apologize for them and I'm going to have to learn and, you know, try to fix it the next time. Absolutely. And I I think that's also for me, the, the distance between when I recognize that I've like, I'm not, I'm not being mindful or intentional or Mm -hmm. that I'm, um, you know, it's like shortening the time between recognizing and, and like choosing again versus allowing it to completely disrupt my, you know, day or, you know, right how much time afterwards, how much, how much more is in the wake of, um, you know, that moment or that, or, cause I mean, it, it, the being a mom, I have to say, this is, um, the most amazing mm-hmm. and challenging thing. Mm-hmm. And whether, you know, um, I, I, I always think too, but like the fact that I started a business when I had a one-year-old mm-hmm. and I have young children too, yeah. um, you wear so many hats, you play so many roles and like, it's just impossible to think that mm-hmm. there's any like perfect version right of any of it right you do the right. best yeah that you can in, in in whatever role is is um needs you the most in that moment and usually motherhood is the one right right but I think that's good too because I mean when you start a business with young children like you have to prioritize right and create your boundaries around you know what's most important to you and your kids hopefully will always come first or your family you know your husband and whatnot too will always come first so I mean yeah I I my first business that I had my daughter was one as well and I feel like I made a ton of mistakes um within that business but it's also like each day whether you know we're growing our practice or we're in the same spot we're still learning right every day is like it's we're learning something and we can hopefully take those lessons and, you know, put them into the next day and continue to just grow and grow. I mean, how far do you think you've come since, you know, your son was born with your, your practice? So I I was actually just laughing about that because a lot of times I will be, I find myself in like the same kind of like trap of, you know, like I'll find myself in a really like, um, being unmindful. And I'm like, how many times do I have to learn this lesson? Like I <laughs> get so frustrated. And, and that's the part of it too, that I remind myself. And I always like, feel like I can reinforce as my children are learning new things, not even just in their 
like mindfulness journey or their, you know, ability to regulate themselves, but like even just anything that they pick up and want to do and learn, mm-hmm. it's like you have to just keep practicing practicing and there's going to be times where you feel like, okay, I've got this. That was right. the that was the last time I need to be taught this lesson. And then like literally maybe even two minutes later, it's gonna come right back and visit. Yeah. And it's so and that's also the part where um, you know, I think finding like some joyful playfulness with this is so mm-hmm. important yeah. because if you take it so seriously and you make it the, you know, make your, your, your goals or your expectations of what uh, uh, being mindful or um, living a joyful or peaceful life looks like, like you're just going to consistently, I think, be disappointed. And then, yeah. but if you can have fun with it, it, it like wakes up something else within you too. You see yeah. the world a little more um, broadly and also, uh, it just, it just, it makes it more, I think, more beautiful, even when it's hard. I think. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. I'm right. I mean, humor always does that. Right. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, mean, I, I think felt, so. It's yeah, hard felt, sometimes to find the humor within those moments, but yeah, yeah I mean. Well, and then you do need some space sometimes between yeah. you know, the heat of it. But if you look back, you're like, wow, like, you know, you can kind of laugh, um, you know, with yourself, maybe not at yourself, but you know, like I, instead of noticing when you just, you know, you know, you beat yourself up so, so much. Yeah. And that's, I think that's, that's been for me in the last three years, especially since Faye was born that I have been working, you know, maybe the hardest on is, is, um, you know, cause being a parent to one versus a parent to two, is like two completely different pa- mothers. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I, I, you know, I notice a lot of times, like comparison, whether I compare how it was for Roman versus Faye. And then I try to, you know, stop that train of thought and and really anchor myself in the moment. Um, So that's one of the bigger ones. And then also just, oh, it's just, it's just more when there's more than one, like it, when there was one, yeah, I I, I could find a little bit more time when it was just Roman. So, you know, I got to go to like Kripalu, I would go to yoga classes, you know, but now, um, which were like total luxuries, I feel like. But now it's like, okay, there's actually even like less time. The rhythm and the routine of our family right. um, is just another season where that practice has to be flexible. Right. And and um, so I think that's the growth for me always is like finding the moments with, what, you know, throughout the day with whatever I have. And I always think about this with you because I know sleep's your thing. And um, yeah, I it took me a long time. It's only really until recently that I was like able or maybe even willing to set the alarm earlier so that I could be up before the family and find that like pocket of potential quiet in the house. Yeah. Um, but my daughter's like, she really almost senses like whenever I'm up and she was up. <laughs> Isn't it funny how they work? Like that? Oh my goodness. And yeah. And I remember like, you know, I would see people um, talking about like a posting or maybe sharing how like, you know, they set their alarm for so super early so that they could have that time. And I would try it and it just felt like I I needed the sleep more than anything. So in those moments, like, where I would say, Oh, I could set my alarm for four 30 and get up and meditate. That would be wonderful. Um, but when I felt like I really needed the sleep and I took it, I didn't beat myself up for it either. You know, that's that's flexibility. Well, I think it's like, you're, I mean, we're talking about like mom guilt, Right. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. But I, I felt like as I took that time to be quiet, you know, for myself and, you know, sit in my meditation, which I mean, my practice started with one minute of quietness. Like it's oh, not really? like you just like jump into like thirty minutes of sitting quiet. Like I think sitting silently for a mom is probably the hardest one of the hardest things. You know, you're going over your to do list and like whatever you have a million things to do right sitting quietly is probably really really hard um for most people so I mean you could start really small but it really it took me from a place of I I mean it helped me with patience first of all during Mm -hmm. the day it also made me realize that taking that time for myself um you know got rid of a lot of resentment through the rest of my day um, so I don't know if you hear that a lot from your clients and whatnot. Um, but yeah, just to be able to take that time for myself where, I mean, sometimes my daughter would be sitting next to me, you know, those are the days where they pop up when they know you're awake or whatnot. Um, but I find like that quietness and that stillness is important for them to see. And it just gives you that, even if it's for five minutes, it's like you got that five minutes to yourself. So that's going to 
not only set you up for your day to, you know, maybe to be able to take a breath when you're in a situation that's frustrating or, you know, it's taking forever to get out the door, your kid won't put their clothes on. I mean, whatever situation yeah. comes up, all these things that come up. Um, all at once, too. You know, it just, it's going to set you up for a much more aware day or no, mindful day. Maybe mindful is the word. Absolutely. <laughs> mindful yeah. day where you're in touch with your body. Because right when you're sitting quietly and you're just breathing, you know, all these thoughts are probably flooding through your head, but you're still starting to become more and more aware of your body and what's going on and how to find that peaceful place. And I think that peaceful place just brings you so much into your day where you can let go of the guilt and you're not going to beat yourself up. You know, you're going to take it and you're going to be like, all right, that really sucked, but I can learn from it. And, you know, I can apologize if I need to, or I can be vulnerable and talk about it. And, you know, you figure it out from Absolutely. there. Yeah. You know, what? it's interesting when you were saying that I thought about how um, some great advice that I got, and I, and this is something that I've put into practice is, you know, everyone talks about like having boundaries. And mm -hmm. when you talked about, you know, having maybe resentment, if you're not able to, or you don't take or create a boundary for yourself, maybe mm -hmm. say, I need this thing. Yeah. Or this practice in my day to best serve myself. And then in turn, that will help everybody in the family. But I, I read recently um, about this idea of like loosening boundaries with yourself, but making, having stronger boundaries with everybody else, which mm -hmm. I was really curious about. And the way that I, the way that I interpreted that was like, you know, saying maybe to your partner or to your children, this is like a defining line here that mommy needs to hold for this thing but then within like on the other side of that line for myself being really gentle and patient and kind to myself if it doesn't look like I think it will so for example you know I, I have started getting up a little bit earlier and initially the goal was like I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna I'm gonna sit and then I'm gonna journal Mm -hmm. Every, you know, for like half an hour, that's going to be, you know, I'm going to meditate and then I'm going to journal. And then um, I actually have a coach, a business coach. And she said, well, what if you just said, I'm going to wake up and I'm just going to keep that, that time, like hold that boundary, mm -hmm. but like see what you actually need and don't hold yourself so firm to it, having to look a certain way. Mm -hmm. And once I did that, I was amazed at how I filled that time. Yeah. And um, intentionally, I mean, like I, right. you know, I was, sitting, I didn't get up and just like scroll or something. It was like, yeah. I, I, I would find out be like, actually, I need to move my body. So I would, I would do yoga or yeah. I would, you know, I would, so it was this idea of the loosening the boundary within yourself in that, like, you don't hold yourself so tight to this, have certain thing, having to look a certain way that you don't really listen to what you need or really need in that moment. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like, that's I to, huge. I, yeah. Like you, you keep saying to yourself, I need to wake up and I need to journal. Like it's it's I think a lot of it too is like for me and my and motherhood especially is learning to not force. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think there's a there's a difference between um, you know, staying dedicated and defined and, and seeing something through versus like forcing something that you is just like you're it's a concept or it's something mm -hmm. that think or should be doing but really if you got if you dropped in you'd be like actually this isn't really yeah service to myself yeah absolutely right? I mean I work predominantly with moms right as a health coach and you know I always say you have to be ready to pivot and you know adjust your day because I mean even if you still get in your like five minutes of quiet time and it's not in the morning because your babies were up you know you could always do it later in the day and don't beat yourself up about it and just like you said like what what is going to be good for me today? Because if you were up last night with your children, most likely a workout is probably not going to be, you know, you might need to sleep in a little bit more to catch up on that sleep, you know, so just being able to pivot and be kind to yourself and know that you're still doing good things for yourself, whether it's at 5am or at 5pm, you know, or even 9pm, you know, before you go to bed, um, you're just being flexible and just flexible. Yes. Yes. Adapting to your day. Cause especially with children, it's like, you never know what's going to happen. Right. And you never know when they're going to be up. Like my daughter's almost eight, like your son. And, you know, she'll still have a night where she has a bad dream or wants me to sleep in her room or, you know, just like random stuff. Like there may be a sick day or she's up super early, you know, stuff just happens and it does disrupt our schedule. And like, I used to think like, oh my God, 
my day is ruined. <laughs> like, okay. you know, if, if, if she's up at 430 with me, my day is ruined. I can't get stuff well, done, but. Um, yeah, even when that, that's like your moment, right? Where you're, yes. you notice the thought, like, there we go. Like, it's, it's like, that is like the magic moment where you find the pause and you're like, hold on a second. Like yes. I have one of the other, um, attributes of mindfulness is trust. And I, mm-hmm. I love this one because, you know, when you think of trust, it's like, I, I think people ex- immediately go externally, like, oh, who can yes. I trust? And what can I trust? But it's really like finding that trust within that. And, and maybe more, if you have like a more esoteric view, like that the plan is working the way it's supposed to, mm-hmm. you know? And so like, yeah. if you wake up and you have, and you notice those thoughts that are like, oh, kids sick right I had to cancel I actually had this on Thursday I had a like a beautiful day lined up um uh having coffee with a friend and then I had a, a meeting that I was really looking forward to and um one of them canceled and then I got sick overnight and I felt terrible mm-hmm. and I was like I'm gonna that moment of like um just being so disappointed mm-hmm. that I couldn't do the things that I was planning but yeah. then I was also like you know what like this is I will have another opportunity right. and, you know, not just letting it completely sabotage um, and keep you hostage for, you know, the right. rest of the day or even, you know, shortening that time that y- you allow yourself to um, or allow your brain that is to like spin the narratives that it does. Yes, absolutely. And I think it just goes to show too that like we can actually adapt to so many different things right within our day I mean moms are incredible um and even if it doesn't turn out the way you wanted it to I mean just do the best you can and you know try to stick to the things that you know that make you feel good which I mean I think you know a mindfulness practice is it should be way up there on the priority list because it does help us as moms which I guess goes into my next question like what what would you recommend moms to do like to start their own practice right because I feel like I mean, we can take one of your classes for our children and whatnot, but we want our children to see us practicing this as well. And, you know, ultimately we want to show up as the mom that we want to be, right? And I think mindfulness really helps us with that. So what would be your advice to start? I love it. Okay. So first I, I, in the class that I do, I do a 12 week program with moms. And one of the goals is that is like, when you think about a mindfulness practice, of course, one of the benefits is that you're ability to mother and parent would be enhanced perhaps. Right. But I really think about when you think about adopting a mindfulness practice, that the, the number one reason is for yourself first, like for like the Megan first, not all the roles that you play. And, and so, cause I, I think a lot of times we just, it's like thinking about doing mindfulness practice, just another thing you have to do for somebody else. So you can be better for somebody else, but it's really like, if you approach it with, this like really nurturing mm-hmm. parenting of yourself, like yeah. what, and like we talked about what, what it would be the thing that would be the most successful to me that doesn't feel like I have to add one more thing to my plate or put a pressure on myself that doesn't feel realistic. Yeah. So I think it's really being honest with yourself. And for me, um, I, I just think that starting by baking like some, some more curiosity into your day and in the way that you're responding to situations, the way that you're feeling in your body, like really finding a way. And again, that's the thing that's so cool is that there's so many tools and practices, whether they're breathing techniques or movement, um, or even just like, there's a, you know, a million different, um, like practices where you can stop in the moment and maybe run through, for example, the one that I start off with that I think I still do it. I've been doing it for like 30 years. It seems so simple, but it's just so accessible is like taking five. So, and doing this throughout the whole day, not just when you're in a a place where you're totally emotionally charged or Mm -hmm. feeling dysregulated. This is something that you kind of start to bake into your everyday life and routine, Mm -hmm. um, taking five. So just literally pausing in the moment and just noticing one thing with each sense. So what do I see right now? What do I smell? What do I hear? What do I feel? Maybe it's even just right now, I would say, you know, I feel like my, my bottom on the, this little sweet velvety seat that I have (laughs) Um, and something that you taste and, and that might not always be as easy to do, but I still taste the coffee from this morning, whatever it might be. And, and what that does is really just like anchor you in the moment. Like it really just, it just disrupts your brain from whatever it's tracking. Yeah. And 
brings you right here. Like really this visceral experience and moment where you take in what's happening around you. Mm -hmm. Um, so I love to do that. And then, you know, when I do that, I also am like, like my mom. So it's talking about how amazing moms are. My mom, like literally, I was like, I'm so excited. I was interviewed tomorrow with Megan and she's like, Oh, I got a nugget for you. Um, cause she's actually my (laughs) practitioner too. Oh, she is. Yeah. She, she, so here's the cool part. She teaches mindfulness to, um, aging, um, folks. So, oh yeah. my God. Yeah. You guys are such a pair. I love it. I know. There's, there's got to be something to come from the two of us eventually. But, um, but she said, Oh, she goes, share this one. And I was like, Okay. So it's um, bring your attention to where there's tension. So, okay. and I, and I love that because I, I do that a lot and I don't even, I never put it in those yeah. words. Like I was walking in from dropping my daughter off this morning and I was thinking about the day and I was like, Oh, I like, I noticed how much tension I was holding in my stomach. Like I was, Mm. I was like all tensed up and I could feel like little, and I just breathed softness into that area and gave attention to it. And like, just, it literally affected my whole body, my shoulders dropped, my face softened. And um, so it's just that kind of tuning in, like getting really curious about the sensations in your body. And it can be as simple as that. Like you don't have to attack it with this like huge plan. And I'm going to do this practice at this time of day. Like just, get like playful and curious with dropping into the moment and really like sensing and feeling what's going on around and within you. Yeah. I love that. I mean, I feel like one of my biggest goals is always to be more present in the moments, like with my child. I used to have the problem where I would go throughout the day, you know, trying to do it all, of course, like most moms do, but also like just, you know, be constantly playing, constantly doing something with my daughter and never taking like quiet moments. And I, I came to the conclusion after I started becoming more aware of this, like, why am I so tired? Or like, why do I feel so depleted? And I was like, I'm not taking breaks. Like I'm not finding these quiet moments, you know, within the day of playing. And I love, I'm not saying don't play with your child, but like you can't just always be on, on, on. And I I was saying this to my sister-in-law the other day. I was like, I wished when my daughter was younger that I had taught her how to not always be busy because busy is fun. And, you know, we have a lot of fun. We're always playing games or coloring or, you know, playing outside. But it's also like it's so important to teach them these like still moments where it's important to be, you know, have a quiet time or, you yeah. know, read a book or be silent for a little bit. And I, yeah. Right. And I just I didn't do this when she was little. And it took me years to figure out, like, why do I end the day so exhausted? And of course, children are exhausting, of course. But mm-hmm. it's like, if I just take these little breaks that are going to help my mental health, you know, later on in the day, I can be more present in the moments that I am playing with her. I can't be on 24 seven. I can be a good mom and still take, you know, five, 10 minutes here or there, even like, you know, an hour quiet time where, you know, we both have our space. And it was just like a huge, um, a huge deal for me. It really changed. I felt like how I showed up as a mom, but I love what you're saying about like kind of connecting with those five senses because, you know, sometimes we'll be in these moments with our children, but we're not really there. You know, we're thinking of all these other things and to just be like, go through that, like one, two, three, four, five, and like kind of bring yourself into that moment. I love that. I'm going to start doing that. Yeah. You anchor down in, right. And I I think I, I, I love what you just said because there's a, um, you know, Tech Nahan, he um, was, he's a monk and spiritual teacher who, one of his quotes was the most, and this is one of the things that I always share, like the first thing I share when I teach is that um, the most important thing you can give to the world is the quality of your presence. Mm-hmm. And so what you were talking about is like, oh yeah, trying to be present, but it's not just being present because you can be sitting on the floor playing with your kid and your body can be stiff and you can be like, okay, you know, like you're going through the motions, but you're, you're the quality of that presence is not one of like flexibility and patience. Right. So, um, so I think when you going back to that idea of like forcing something, like when you, when you notice that they're like, that you're really pushing and trying to make something happen, like how does that affect the quality? Right of your, of your presence. And that I think modeling for your kids is, um, the greatest gift you could give too. I mean, it radiates out of you, you know, if you, yeah. you can, even as adults, we, we know when we're having a conversation with somebody, um, if they're like, 
working really hard to pay attention to what you're saying and they're, you know, versus like a softness and like a little right, you know, a natural just, conversation. Yeah. 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 So kids, of course, sense that too. And that, so you just model, um, that energy for them. And, you know, when you, we could go all go back and say like, I wish I did this, or yeah. this. but it's never, I mean, it's never too late. That's the coolest thing, right? Yeah. With these kids, like, um, and the, in teaching about the brain as well is that you've got that neuroplasticity that you can, um, I love the expression, um, where your, uh, where your mind goes, energy flows. So it's like, yeah. you know, the more we just invite, like, those opportunities of like really like enhanced quality of presence, like the brain just starts to recognize and, and you just create that pathway. Right. And it becomes right. more natural and, and yeah. um yeah, get out of that. Cause I always think about how we, I had, was in the corporate world before and I had a lot of deprogramming to do when I, um, cause I also teach in a preschool. So um, a lot of, a lot of reprogramming to do from like the kind of hustle, hustle culture. Mm-hmm. And I, I realized like, I'm so grateful that I haven't brought that mentality into my parenting. Like the, yeah. like this, this hustle checking off things off the list. Like I, yeah. I think trying to be as like, well, not as unscheduled as possible, but in some ways, yes. Like letting there be a lot of like fluidity and um, mm-hmm. is so important for them and for us too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like I said, I just wish we, I can go back. I can't go back, of course, but I can make changes now. And I have, you know, just being like, you know, some of this stuff can wait. Like I, I always say, you know, to my clients, it's like, what can wait and what do you have to do now? You know what I mean? Because our children yeah. are only going to be children for so long. So, you know, being present with them in certain play moments is more important than having dishes done, you know, in the sink or, you know, stuff like that. So it's really just prioritizing and you not, not always go, go, go. Another one of my friends was like, you yeah. have to make the priority like with your family values, like where you're going to find the time for not only your partner, but also for your children or like for your family as a whole, like that could be the dinner table, that could be the car, but like you in the busy world that we live in, we have to create that those moments that we want to have as like a daily activity where, you know, each night we're going to sit at the table together and have a meal or, you know, we're going to take a quiet time each day. Um, and, you know, and recharge our bodies, recharge our brains. Absolutely. You know, we can't always be on in this busy world. And kids are also so busy too. It's nice for them to have those quiet moments. Um, I, Cause you know, that's the thing too. I feel like kids, you know, they don't know that they're like completely overstimulated. Like they don't know, they can't yeah. like, are, you know, helping them, and, and noticing like we're often like way over as parents like you were talking about with um you know in any given day like you're 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 there's so much coming at you you're we're, we're constantly ending the day or in the middle of the day feeling completely overstimulated even if we don't articulate it in that way right. when you think about our kiddos like you know sometimes we are so focused on these expectations that we have or these 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 visions that we want for them that and these memories that we're going to make but really i read some beautiful quote recently that was like the advice that a, a grandparent had given or a parent had given to their child was like the things that you think are going to be the most impactful memories for your children. They may be, but really it's like those, those moments where you're playing in the dirt with them, yes. walking down it, you know? Yes. So allowing like life to unfold too yes. in a way where there's, you know, I don't have to meet a goal with this activity. I think yeah. that's a big piece too, is like teaching our kids. One of the, um, Another attribute of mindfulness is non-striving, which in our culture okay. is so hard, right? Yeah. Like, you know, there's always like, you know, tr- trying to reach a goal and, and to accomplish this or that or become this or that. And, and, and by no means does it mean not working hard towards things, but really getting grounded and anchored and enjoying the process, yeah. making the process of it more meaningful than necessarily the outcome. Yeah. And so I think about that with kids too. Like when, you know, if we go, if we have the idea of going to maybe on a nature walk or something and I, we think like, oh, let's walk this distance or whatever. I don't know. And then I immediately catch myself. I'm like, let's just like, walk. let's just enjoy, yeah, enjoy where at each step of the way and we'll get as right. far as we can um, And I know that's not always possible. Sometimes you do have to like, you know, meet an end point, but, right. but being able to notice, you know, um, those opportunities and letting things unfold. Cause that, and Megan, I hope, I, I know that you'll agree with me on this, but like when you became a mom, did you start to see the world differently just in the seeing how these kids, if 
find wonder and magic it all over in, yeah. in places that we as adults just yeah often. yeah I mean I feel like I've learned more in the past seven years than I learned in my whole entire lifetime um but yeah I mean they do they do just see the wonder in the smallest things and I love what you said that they're gonna remember you being down on the floor with them playing something mindfully right being present in the moment and that's a constant reminder for me and uh you know like anything I do with my daughter whether whether we go and do to an event you know a water park or whatever I'm always like what she's going to remember most isn't the things I buy her, not the treats that I feed her, not the restaurants we go to. It's going to be the quality time that we spend together doing things that she likes to do too. I think kids just want us to get at their level and, you know, really just be there for them at their age, not trying to make them be someone else or have expectations, just like be right in that moment. And I feel like that's when I have, you know, the biggest growth as a parent um, with my daughter. Um you know, because we're always trying to keep up with everyone else, too. I feel like I don't know if it's the Internet or whatever. We feel like we have to do these extravagant things and they're great. And but they're a luxury, you know, because you really don't have to do it to have a good relationship with your child. Um, Absolutely. I, yeah. You said something about connection. And I, do you know Dan Siegel's work? I know his name. Yeah. He has a whole brain, whole brain child. His, his oh, right. OK, that's what it is. I'm like, I definitely recognize his name. Yeah, he's one of my absolute favorites. Okay. And, um, I mean, I use him as a, a, a parenting resource, but also I, I bring a lot of his teachings into my teachings too. But the thing that I, I think all the time is like, as parents, like we think that we also like have such a huge responsibility to teach our children how to do everything. Right. And, but he talks about like connecting before correcting. Okay. And, and I, I, I think that is the piece that when you talked about, like, you know, really connecting with your kids, like, mm -hmm. and, and it, and it's being mindful, like, here's an example for me and it, that comes up a lot recently. My daughter, like, has, we're working on patience. I mean, she's three, yeah. but, um, right. but she, she, like, she wants what she wants immediately. And she'll, she'll ask calmly twice. And then if she doesn't, and like really quick succession, she'll ask twice. And then she'll, you know, like, kind of like, I said, you know, and, <laughs> um, and so, but a lot of times I notice that she'll be taught, she'll be calling to me from the other room and I'll be in the kitchen. And I, I notice I say, mommy just needs a second. I keep saying the same things over and over mm -hmm. again to her. And I'm like, wait a second, hold on, here's an opportunity. And I, so I stop what I'm doing. Cause that's not really going to be the end of the world. If I pause there and I go over to her and I get down on her level. Um, and I like, like look at her and I was like, and I explained to her what I'm doing and that it's, I'm going to need a moment. And, um, of course I take a, a breath before I bring it over. Cause sometimes I'll, I'll be like, <laughs> Here she um, goes again. Yeah. Um, but I realized like, oh my gosh, all she wants is like actual connection. She wants to be seen. Right. And she wants to really like, you know, an opportunity to really understand why I can't be with her in this moment. Yeah. And she may not like it, but um, mm -hmm. at least I've actually, instead of just hearing me say like, mommy needs a second, I just need to, like, I, I, I and that was part of my practice is noticing that I'm getting so frustrated with her, but I yeah. keep saying the same thing over and over again. And it's not what she is not serving her and we're just in this pattern. So the more I notice that and then I'm able to, you know, address her in a way where I connect first and then yeah. maybe correct or nurture the patients um, or give right. her more awareness of the whole situation that's going on in that house besides her needs. Um, everyone seems to be in a better place. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you're right. They, when, they see that you understand and like are, you know, supporting them and listening to them. It doesn't make it go away, but it does help. I feel like sure. the situation for sure. And I also th think that helps your mental health too, because you're like, all right, I like, I took a moment. I thought about it. I took my time. I took the time to really hear her out and um, explain the situation and in turn, it's like you weren't, you didn't get frustrated with her, right? Or at least yeah. not out loud. You didn't get frustrated right. out loud. I mean, that's just like better mentally anyway. Because again, going back to the mom guilt, it's like every time we we lose our mind or like yell or, you know, yeah. get frustrated or throw something, I don't know, you know, whatever happens, you know, then we feel guilty after, right? So it's totally. like, if the you get rid that of that, like, yeah, right, yeah. right. Totally. I mean, you can always repair. I like what doctor, do you know Dr. Becky? You know oh yeah, 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 yes. yeah, yeah. Um, she's always like, you can always repair. Like, it's never yeah. too late to repair. Like, even like yeah. grown up children with their adult 
parents, you know, can repair. So I always love to say that too. But to be able to get rid of that mom guilt before it even happens, I feel like that's like a much better way to handle our mental health as parents too. Yeah, absolutely. And that's part of it. Like I think for me more than anything is like really being in tune to the narratives and the Mm – because there's so much that's, you know, that's another whole podcast probably, like all the conditioning (laughs) and all of the societal pressures and, you know, from our, you know, from society, but also the conditioning from our own like families of origin and um, that go into like every, you know, like you said, the triggers or things that come up in the way mm-hmm. that we respond to anything. And it, I think that also goes back to like when we feel the mom get like just noticing it and then do like, how can I nurture myself the most right now? Because yeah. I know I'm doing the absolute best I can. And, and um, my kids truly do have everything that they need to, you know, grow and flourish in yeah. this world. I mean, if you really, yeah can be honest with yourself. Right. And we, right. And, 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 um, yeah, yeah, it's, um, yeah. I mean, it's an ongoing process, right? Well, sure. <laughs> and that's, that's the, I think that is, I do find that to be the fun part of it. And I, you know, when you mentioned the idea of like, you can always cor- correct or fix. Yes. Fix repair. It. Yes. Yes. Repair, repair. Yeah. I was thinking about that too. Like some, like even with my husband, if, um, if we have a little dust up about something, mm-hmm. you know, we are also very intentional about making up in front of the kids. Like, or, you know, if, yeah. like, if, if we are talking about something and uh, my, my daughter, uh, this is my favorite thing in the world. And I'm, it's like, I have like a, uh, like a celebration in my, with my whole like being when she does this, but we were like having a debate about like, something ridiculous like basketball I don't even know something sports related it wasn't even a real like we we're just and she goes she goes whoa 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 cool it cool it I know you're frustrated but you have to use kind words and I was like so sweet that they're so yes. in to like even just the oh my god shift, right yes. that's like my uh, favorite thing when they come back and say something that you've like said so many times you're like thank god they actually listen right <laughs> Um, but I, I, I think that's, you know, we are always make a purpose of, you know, saying like pointing out, you know, that like, whether you're grownups or you, you, you siblings are fighting and arguing over things and mommy and daddy might disagree on things too. But like, that, like you said, that idea of like, yeah. also like showing them the cooperation and like, if two people are having a hard time with something that they can come back together. Yes. And, right. That and it doesn't mean like that. a horrible thing. You can have a disagreement and like still love that person and, you know, reconnect. Totally. Sure. I think yeah. I remember my husband, it was like a school morning and it was just frantic. And we, and I, and I was I think I had to bring my son to a doctor's appointment or something. For some reason, we ended up in the car right after. And I had like gotten short with my husband and he, and I said to Roman, I was like, man, I, I, I really, I, I wish I hadn't gotten so um, angry. Like, what do you think is the best thing for me to do next? Yeah. And, yeah. and he was like, hmm, he's like, you probably could call him and apologize. And I was like, okay. You know, and, and I did What an amazing moment. Yeah, it was, it was cool because it's like, you, you know, like I mentioned, yeah, you sure you have, they have, they have to look up to you and know that you you hopefully have answers to a lot of things, but you don't have all the answers yes. and that yes. you're, you know, you're, you're um, navigating life and in, in, in this, you know, in, in a similar way. And then when you kind of empower them to be like, how can we solve this problem? You know, it's so, it's beautiful to see how they. Oh, that, I they, love that. And it, doesn't it just make you like, feel like the best mom ever when that happens? Yeah, like, you're just like, yes, yes, yes. Do a little dance, do a little dance. Those are, those are my favorite. I know my, yeah, those are my favorite. The moments. best. Mm-hmm. But I, I also do, you know, love, like I'm out there teaching other kids and sometimes I'm like, wait, am I doing a good enough job teaching my own children yeah. the mindfulness tools? And you know what? We aren't um, sitting there using like, you know, the yoga dice all the time and the mindfulness cards, like all the props and fun things I do with the kids. But um, that goes back to this idea of like, whatever your practice looks like, however you're, it, it's, it's the modeling absolutely for, right for yes. people in your life yes. but also um you know being aware of the the quality of my presence when I'm with my kid I think my kids I think is the best teacher for them mm-hmm. um oh absolutely and I think that comes back to too like just because we own a business just because we're professionals or you know coaches or whatnot doesn't mean we have a perfect life too you know you can't be accept like look at everybody's life and be like oh they're right. perfect they never make mistakes oh they always God. eat completely healthy they always practice you know for an hour of mindfulness each day you know it's like it's not that's not realistic so I know yeah. actually I love one of your questions was um 
that was um like have you ever not been mindful and I'm like oh my god like two minutes ago like there's yeah, you're, like, you, that's that's the part where I think that playful joyfulness about your practice is so important because you're there's no like unless you know you can go live in a cave somewhere and like yeah. be secluded from any other relationship or the like tasks of life like right. how and even then, I think, you know. Something um, would come up, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, your cave would collapse or something. <laughs> totally. Obstacles I, are always going to happen. Absolutely. I know. I remember. And so I have had the opportunity to go on like retreats, you know, here and there. And um, and I'm, I, I'm always like, I, I, the, the moment that I knew that I was going to, like after Roman was born, I was like trying to figure out what, what's my first move. Where I, I did go to a retreat. Um at Kerpalu and it was my first time being away from him as like a new mom, you know, and, and I remember like going to yoga like three times a day and there was, it was Gabby Bernstein was speaking. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was so cool. And, you know, I connected with all these other like-minded folks and was like, you know, walking in the forest and forest, but it was like this blissed out, you know, two and a half days. And, and then, and in that moment I realized, okay, first step is going to get certified as a yoga a yoga instructor. That was, that was the moment I realized okay. it was during a class there. But I bring that up because I remember being like driving home, being like, I'm like this, you know, this Zen master. Uh, not really, but like, I'm like, so, you know, I'm feeling so um, aligned and in tune with my practice. And, you know, then I walk home and it like, then life is like, boom, like hits you right, right. in the face, right? Like, right. So, so for me, the most important thing is, is, is like create, helping people find a mindful map that works for them in their life that they can navigate their rhythm and yeah. and it's always available to them right yes. you you'll never find the perfect circumstances right it's got to be right for you too right like it's got to mold into your life and your lifestyle but i Absolutely. think it's it's everyone can find this though right like Absolutely. you truly believe this Yes. Okay. I know I believe it. I just want to hear you say it. And that's the thing that's kind of fun is the exploration and the playing around with things. And I think, you know, I, for, for, if I have like a tool that I'm using that I'm focusing on, like I'm noticing that I really need to um, kind of nurture my um, flexibility perhaps. Mm -hmm. And maybe I'm, I'm doing, or here's, no, here's a good one. Non-judgment, right? Okay. Like how it's like, You can spend yeah. your whole life just on that one single, right. Thing, right? So if I'm working on really noticing my like thoughts that are like judgmental thoughts about myself, about circumstances, yeah. about others, and I'll maybe use a tool to work on that specifically. Um, you know, I, I like play around with them, but with some consistency, but I also try to notice whether I decide in my mind, like, oh, this tool isn't working or it's just hard, right? Mm-hmm. So like, right. you got to find one that works for you, but also be honest with yourself and say like, am I trying to like not do this because it's hard? Cause it's going to be hard. It's yeah. it is hard, but it can be play, yeah. like it can be joyful too. Right. right. Well, I feel and, like the more you bring awareness to something and practice it, then the less judgmental you would be, you know, right. It's yeah. still going to be a constant practice. It's not For just going to sure. go away, but if you become more and more aware of it, you can most likely correct it quicker. Absolutely. And I think that's kind of the fun of it is that you, you play around, maybe you focus on one aspect and then your mind will show you like, actually, you could also work on this thing. And you're like, right. I didn't know you were there. Oh my gosh. Um, and so, but it's like having those tools, playing with them. And then the fun part is that like, there's always something else you can do or try. Oh my God. It's, might, it's endless, right? It's I mean, there's endless, endless. I actually, this summer, one of my biggest um, mindful, like, moving practices has been watercolor journaling and yeah and so it's like um you know instead of like sitting there and and doing art where I'm like watching maybe you know like something's on tv or you know like I'm really get out in nature or and 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 draw and and as I notice like while I'm doing that art like if I notice um thoughts or like I'm going into like a to-do list or I'm yeah. ruminating about something. If I'm not, I'll just gently bring myself back to the work. And it's like, that's so fun and it's pretty. Yeah, <laughs> you know? that's really fun. I'll have to try yeah. that. Watercolor journaling? Yeah. Wait, I'll show you. Because like I journal, but, oh. Well, here's an example. Okay. So I, I did, when my sister and I went away, um, I did it like instead of writing um, like everything that I was feeling in that moment I like made it into art so like all the books have titles that are oh I love that yeah and like just like little 
fun little things. And then over my birthday weekend, I did the. So the, the, are the drawings already there or you drew that? I drew them. What? Yeah, are you, yeah, are yeah, you like an I, incredible artist? I mean, people no, listening won't be able to see this, but you should know, see sorry, this guys. painting. <laughs> um, you can go on YouTube and see it. But you, wait, you drew those mountains? I did, but here's the thing. I just, yeah. I know, but Megan, <laughs> I, do, I, 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 I do have a little bit of creativity, but I did actually, this was part of the practice, totally like accepting That's and giving in amazing. to whatever out on this paper. Right. So that is the part of the practice is okay. like, it's like, it's not going to be perfect. Like, but have fun. Like just play, like, perfect. You, know, you that, could sell that like right now. Okay, That's... Come on. That's <laughs> I'll buy that. <laughs> no, actually before this brings up one thing I did really want to mention, I think it's so cool about when, I, when we talk about the motherhood journey journey. Yeah. I was thinking about the, 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 there's been like three parts of that for me and the first was, and, and, and this is how it pertains to mindfulness. And I think I, I will forever be grateful. Like if I get to like be on a podium and accept a motherhood award, like, I think the first thing I will thank is my mindfulness practice for these reasons. When I was younger, you know, I came from, a, uh, had a big family and I, I was the oldest and the youngest, there's 12 years between me and the youngest. So like I was in a caregiver role, you know, mm-hmm. as a child, I love that. I was I'm so grateful for it. But when I was in my 20s, like, and even as a child, I never felt like this burning yearning to be a mother. Like I never, I know a lot of people feel like, oh, I'm definitely going to be a mom. That's, mm-hmm. that's my yep. purpose. I never felt that. And so in my 20s, when everyone was having, starting families and, you know, everybody asks, like, are you, you know, like, that's a conversation. That's something yeah. that's happening, you know, all I really had to use my practice to trust that knowing within mm-hmm. as to whether or not that was for me. And, and that knowing didn't happen until I was older, like until I was in my um, late thirties or mid thirties. And so, you know, if it wasn't for that practice, like, would I have like ignored any impulse or, or not? And just, mm-hmm. you know, made choices that were based on the pressures of society. And I think right. you talk about, you know, being courageous, like that's a courageous yeah. act to absolutely li- right to listen to within before all of the factors and, yes. and um, influences from outside. So that was the first part of my motherhood journey and where my practice was so important. And the second part was trying to create this family. And that was such mm-hmm. a long, hard path, right? You know, there was loss, one um, of, um, we had a pregnancy that ended in like very like critical, like medical emergency for me. And, and, and oh, wow. so, yeah, I mean, and, and then I have these two beautiful children, right? So like, right. there's that, like navigating that whole roller coaster and then the practice in the act of like motherhood, you know, is totally right. different. So right. it's just, I was thinking about that when you, as the, you know, when you asked that question, a journey of motherhood. And I thought, wow, like, the way that my practice has changed and has supported me through really, really hard things. Yes. Yes. Really hard things, but also beautiful, great things. Yeah. I think that's the part, this isn't a mindfulness practice is like, it's your sustainability. It's not like the thing you, I mean, it can be, if it has to be right. The thing you just grab, like when yeah. you're in distress, it's, it's like your, your buddy that's always right there with you. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I really do think it does help you do hard things. And I love how you segmented that with motherhood, because I mean, there are so many parts of becoming a mom, right? Like mm-hmm. making the right decision of when is right for you and your family. Yep. Um, you know, the whole process of getting pregnant and then becoming a mom. I love that. And honestly, I don't think if I had become a mom, I probably wouldn't even be practicing meditation or, you know, journaling or mindfulness. Um, so I feel like parenthood really has brought me to that point where I wanted to become more mindful. I wish I had started as early as you. I mean, I feel like I'd be a lot better at it. No, um, well, I, I, you know, it's funny. I think that just because I've been doing a long time doesn't mean that I'm any better than anybody else. That's the coolest part is that like, I might just be a slow learner too. You have no idea. You know, you don't know how, how people, right? It's funny. I was asking my husband, I was like, do you think that I'm like really mindful? And he was like, you know what, honey? He goes, you, and you're like, I, I, I'm, I'm, uh, can be a little bit scatterbrained. Like, so I, I think a lot of times I like don't finish tasks, like, like really like, you know, I might leave crumbs on the, um, you know, table or on the like Island when I've cut a piece of bread or whatever. So like, you know, he's like in a mindful sense that you're like really aware of 
every single thing around, around, not necessarily as much as you are in the quality of presence. Like he mentioned that way. And I thought like, okay, that's because people might see me out in the wild and be like, goes on with that girl she's like all over the place (laughs) so she's a mindfulness practitioner but um but so but but I do like to you know I take pride in in the fact that the part of my practice that is that that is maybe thriving the most is what I try to bring to myself and my partnerships and my my motherhood right and and the quality of how I show up for them and yes for myself right so so that's the cool thing like you you don't have to do this for 30 years to be to see to see results right or to feel like oh yeah for sure I mean like I said you could start with one minute and probably have a better day than you did the day before because you took that one minute so I mean any awareness I think is better and any stillness is better than none um yeah well thank you for saying that because I mean I do try to practice you know, every single day. Um, and it really has changed my life. And I think it has helped me do crazy hard things. I never, ever would have started this podcast um, if I did not have my mindfulness practice. So I, love that. I Thank hope you people- do. Thank goodness you do. You need I, it. I know. You know, it really, I, I hope it is touching people everywhere, but it has really touched my life as well. Like, I feel like I learned so much, you know, within every single episode too. So, um, so where can we find you, Leah? Okay. So, so we can start our practices and get better. Yay. Well, I actually, I'm, um, uh, my website is brave lion mind okay. and dot com and, um, on Instagram also at brave lion mind. And in, um, I'm actually starting a, a four week series for expecting moms Ooh, coming. Cool. Yeah. On September 10th. So there'll be an in-person retreat for th- it's a three-hour in-person retreat. Um, I'm doing that in partnership with Empowered Midwifery Care in Del Mar. Okay. Yep. And then the, the final three sessions will be virtual. Okay. And then I'm going to do my my longer 12-week program with for moms in, um, I think we're going to start on Thursday, November 2nd. Okay. And so one of the things I love about that program is like, it's 12 weeks long, which I think sometimes feels like it is a big commitment of time mm-hmm. um, or the length of it. Um but you really get this container to dive in and find a map, like a mindfulness map that that really works for you where you're at right now. And it's done in a really gentle, nurturing way. And you also get the support of a group of moms too. So, you know, much yeah. like your podcast, like creating that community where Absolutely. you share um, and, and connect over very, probably very similar experiences and feelings. And yeah. yeah. So, um, so that's going to start in November and um, okay. I haven't, put it out yet but if anyone's interested they can um reach me on you know through instagram or email me at leah at brave okay is that one going to be virtual or in person leah that one will be virtual oh, okay so in anybody person. can sign up yeah. for that one yeah. okay yeah all right awesome well yeah. i'm gonna link all of that below and thank, thank you. you so much for being here oh. this was so fun and thank you megan i'm gonna continue my practice and i'm definitely gonna check out your 12-week program for sure all right awesome i'm going to actually log off and I'm going to sit and just like soak all this in before I go do any other thing. Thank you so much. (laughs) No, I had so much fun and I will talk to you soon. I really appreciate you being here. Thank you. Be well, my friend. You too. Bye.